Well, welcome to FBC Las Cruces. My name is Joe Andrews. I'm not the pastor. The pastor is just sitting over here doing nothing today. He let me get up here and do all the heavy lifting. Uh, I do appreciate it, though. I'm, I'm really excited that you let me do this, and I know you're critiquing me and probably giving me an F already. So, uh, no, we're so glad to have you here. Uh, I've actually been, this is my third week preaching in a row. Uh, we've been in a series called Peter More Human than human. And, and I've said that he's more human than human for a few reasons. One, he lived life so intensely, so much more than so many of us do. He also lived life with more purpose than so many of us do. But also at the end of the day, Peter is just this ordinary, flawed man, just like you and just like me. And so when I get up here and I say that Peter is more human than human, I hope that if anything you see through this series that God can use ordinary and flawed people like Peter, like me, like all of you. In fact, he only uses ordinary and flawed people. Last week, uh, we talked about faith. This was the story where Peter got out of a boat and walked on water, and we talked about That what Peter really learned that night and what the disciples learned that night was very simple. That they should have faith in Jesus, faith without doubt. That's what it took Peter to walk on the water. And the week before, we talked about following Jesus. And we looked at Peter's example of how Peter followed Jesus. He followed him wholeheartedly. He left everything he had to leave to follow Jesus. He followed Jesus in faith. And in repentance. And we saw all of that. And I was encouraging all of you to follow Jesus, no matter where you are in your walk, to follow Jesus like Peter did. If you've been walking with Jesus for a long time, continue to follow him like that. If you had never followed Jesus ever, make the decision to follow him like Peter did. And if you had stopped following Jesus, I said you should start following Jesus like Peter did again in your life. And that brings us to today's sermon. And today's sermon is called Jesus Recalls Peter. Now, I don't want you to think of Peter like a Hyundai, like he's going to get recalled. This is actually, this is actually Jesus recalling, calling Peter a second time. It is a wonderful passage. And I hope that God teaches you some amazing things as we go through this passage. But before we get there, I want to talk to you a little bit about this man I met in Argentina. And his name was Torrico. Now, I lived in Argentina for eight years, and I was there as a church planter. And I had been going to this church, and I was always looking for someone willing to start a church somewhere with me. And I had gone to this church, and I had heard of a man named Torrico. And he wanted to start a church in his home. And it was fairly close to my house. And I was really excited about this. So I went to Torrico's house. I met his wife, Anna. I met his daughter, Mayra. And right then, an amazing friendship was formed. And during our time together, Torrico actually not only was willing to start a church, but he actually enrolled in seminary. He finished seminary. So in Argentina, this is absolutely unheard of, that somebody is willing to start a work and that someone is also equipped to start the work. There's a lot of willing people, but they are so ill-equipped for the job. And in Torrico, I saw both of these things working. I remember the first night for our launch service, we had 40 people in the building, and it was such an amazing time. But here's, here's the thing about Torrico. He never wanted to take leadership 
in that church. There was always something holding him back. And you know what was holding him back? It was his past sin. Not sin that he was doing presently. What he had done in the past was stopping him from moving forward into what the Lord had for him to do. He was always reluctant to take charge of that church. And you know what happened to that church after I left? It failed. Do you know why it failed? Because he would never step into his role. And the only reason he wouldn't do it is because he thought, I am so bad for the things that I have done that I cannot lead this church. This was all before he had known Christ and everything. He couldn't recognize Jesus's forgiveness of his sin and move forward with Jesus. And it paralyzed him in the ministry. And it's hard for me to even think about how that church isn't meeting now just because of what he had done in the past. And his story is similar to the story we're going to be looking at today, Peter's story. Now, I don't know if you know much about Peter, but he had a pretty rough patch in his faith. In fact, he denied Jesus three times, which is the passage that we're going to be looking at today. But did you know right before he denied Jesus three times, he swore to Jesus, if all of these other people deny you, I won't. Even if I have to go and die, I will never deny you. The sentence after that, Jesus says, Peter, you're going to deny me three times tonight before the rooster crows. And so it happened. After Jesus' arrest, Jesus is taken in to the high priest, and Peter stops at the door. And it's there where some people are warming themselves by the fire, some officers and some servants, uh, that a servant girl recognizes Jesus. I'm sorry, recognizes Peter. And, and she says, hey, aren't, aren't you one of his followers? And Peter says, no, I'm not one of his followers. And then he's warming himself by the fire. And somebody else says, aren't you one of the followers of Jesus? And Peter again says, no, I'm not one of his followers. And then in a really awkward situation, because Peter had just cut off the ear of a man, all right? And after he had cut off the ear, Jesus was arrested and everything took place. One of the relatives of the man whose ear Peter had cut off says, didn't I see you in the garden? <laughs> Weren't you like the one that like, wasn't that you? Yep. No. Peter says, that, that wasn't me. And right then the rooster crowed and Peter broke down crying because he had betrayed his Lord. He had denied him three times. So why did Peter deny him? A lot of people speculate. And that's all I can really do, but I think it's pretty simple. Jesus was just arrested. Peter had just cut off someone's ear. Uh, the authorities probably wouldn't look too kindly on Peter. And Peter was scared about what would happen to Jesus. And if he was in the same boat, what would happen to him? And Peter denied Jesus three times, sinned against his Lord, something that he said that he would never do. Now, I don't usually share some of my biggest failures, but I figured I'd share one of my biggest failures in my life, even with all of you here today. One of my, I think one of my biggest failures in my life 
is that every Sunday when I get up here to lead everybody in music up here, that I don't ask Joe Andrews to co-lead with me. Oh, you know what? That's not my biggest mistake. That's Brian's biggest mistake. He never lets me co-lead worship with him. But we're not going to talk about Brian's biggest mistakes too long today, all right? What we're going to do is I want you to see something very, very special in this text today. This is what I want you to see, that Jesus encourages us through Peter to move past our failures. What you're going to see today is how Jesus is going to help Peter get through what he's done to Jesus. And what that's going to do for you and me is it's going to encourage us. And it's going to say to us, if Jesus wanted Peter to move through his failures, guess what he wants all of us flawed, ordinary people to do when we fail? He wants us to move through our failures as well. Peter was frozen in ministry. Peter couldn't move forward. He was letting all of his past drag him down. And he says, I I can't be used by Jesus. I denied him. And not only did I deny him once, I denied him three times. He can't use me anymore. So we're going to go into John 21 right now. I want to give you a little bit of context before we get there. Jesus has already been crucified, okay? Jesus has already risen from the dead. He's told his disciples to go before him to Galilee, and he would meet them there. And so that's where we find seven disciples, along with Peter, waiting for Jesus. And this is what Simon says in verse 3 of John 21. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, well, we're going to go with you. And they went out and they got into the boat. But that night, they caught nothing. I'm going to show you a whole bunch of different things that I think John, the author of what we're reading, the one actually who was even there during everything we're going to talk about, he is trying to get us to see a few things. And this is one of those things that he's trying to get us to see. In fact, if you remember Jesus calling Peter the first time, which was my first message about two weeks ago, uh, you will remember that Peter fished all night. And he caught nothing, all right? John is trying to show you something here. Hey, another night of fishing, guess what? Peter caught nothing. Again, let's go to the next verse. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore. I don't know if you remember, even the very first time that that Peter uh, was called by Jesus, Jesus was on the shore and he was teaching. So the author, John, is trying to show us something. Remember, remember back, remember back. Yet the disciples, they were a little far off in the boat still. They didn't know that it was Jesus yet. Let's go to the next verse. Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? And they answered him, no. Verse six, he said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you'll find more. Do you see it again? Do you remember Jesus when he called Peter the first time? Says, why don't you let down your nets for a catch after you fished all night long and caught nothing? And Peter's like, why would I do that? I've caught nothing. There's no reason I should be doing that. John's trying to get our attention here with what he's doing. So they cast it out, and they were not able to to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. John, again, is trying to get us to remember something from the first time that Jesus called Peter. The miraculous catch is what we call it. 
when Jesus said, let down your nets. And the catch was so big that it filled up two boats. They couldn't haul the catch in. Let's go to the next verse. That disciple whom Jesus loved, most likely John, therefore said to Peter, he recognized it. John knew right away. Jesus on the shore, we've, we, haven't been, uh, we haven't caught anything all night. He said, throw the net in. We have a huge catch. It clicks for John. And John says to Peter, it's, it's the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work. And he threw himself into the sea. He is going for Jesus, making a beeline about 100 yards. Peter swam with clothes. I would have not put on more clothes to swim that far, but he does. He puts on more clothes and he goes and he swims to shore. Let's go to the next verse. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land. They were about 100 yards off. Verse 9. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. Now, charcoal fire it would, would almost never be significant to even mention, except that it's, it's one Greek word. And this one Greek word is only used two times in the entirety of Scripture. Okay, The other time that a charcoal fire is mentioned is when Peter was warming himself by a charcoal fire when he denied Jesus three times. And the author wants us to see another charcoal fire that now Jesus has lit, has food on it. But I think the heat from it and the smell from a charcoal fire, which is much different, you all know, than a fire of logs, it has a certain aroma. And Jesus is trying to get Peter's attention and get Peter to remember. Remember, Peter, that night? Do you remember when you denied me three times? Let's go to verse 10. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. Verse 11. So Simon Peter went aboard and he hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 fish. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Now, so many people say, why was the number 153? What does it mean? Is it numerology? Is it this? Is it that? I want to tell you exactly what it means, all right? When you catch 100 fish and you add 50 fish to it and you catch another three fish, that's 153 fish. That's the significance of this. John decided probably to count the fish. He's the one that knew that there was 153. Now, I'm not positive who counted them. Somebody counted them. And there was just 153 of them. And that's all we need to think about that. We don't need to look into all the numerology and everything like that. Although there were so many fish, the net was not torn. Let's go to the next verse. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now, none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew that it was the Lord. Next verse. Jesus came and he took the bread and he gave it to them. And so he did also with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. Here's what I want you to see Next, that Jesus had set the scene to recall Peter. Jesus had set every single little thing in order to recall Peter. Now, this wasn't for Jesus' benefit, okay? Jesus wasn't like, well, I need to call Peter again because he denied me. No, that wasn't the point at all. Jesus knew who he had called the very first time that he had called Peter, didn't he? He didn't have to recall Peter for his sake. He did it for Peter's sake because Peter thought 
Because I've denied Jesus three times, I can't follow Jesus anymore. And so Jesus sets the scene to recall Peter. John wants us to remember every single thing from the first time that Jesus called Peter. Can you see it now? Oh my gosh, the things that Jesus did, how he orchestrated this entire event so that Peter would realize that he was being called again. From the night of fishing and catching nothing, from Jesus standing on the shore, for him saying, cast out your net, then another miraculous catch, almost exactly the same as the first time Jesus had called Peter. And then the charcoal fire. Jesus is trying to show Peter, Peter, I want you to think about all of these things because I'm about to recall you. Here's the next thing that I want you to see is that Jesus was intentional in every single thing that he did. He was intentional in calling Peter the first time. He knew that Peter would deny him. He knew that Peter was ordinary. He knew that Peter was flawed. But he still called him. He intentionally called him. And now Jesus is going to intentionally call Peter for a second time. Jesus orchestrated every single little last detail. And we're not even through all of them yet. Jesus did all of this so he could put the calling of Peter right at Peter's feet so Peter could say, okay, I get it, Jesus. I see what you're doing. And only Jesus could do this. Who could make sure that Peter could fish all night long and not catch anything? God. Jesus. God in the flesh could orchestrate all of these things together so that Peter could realize Listen, Peter, you got to move forward. You can't let this slow you down for the rest of your life. Now we're going to keep reading in the passage. We're going to go to verse 15 now. I'm going to read 15. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John. Now, if you were here for my first message of this series, you'll remember that Peter met Jesus before Jesus had called him. And upon meeting Jesus, Jesus changed his name to Peter. He said, Simon, son of John, you are now Peter, all right? Why? Because Peter means the rock. You're going to be an immovable force. You are going to be the rock of the disciples. You're going to be foundational in how I'm going to build my church. But here, he doesn't call him Peter. He calls him Simon, son of John. And again, we should think back to the first calling. Because Peter thinks... I'm not Peter the rock anymore. I'm Peter the son of John again. I can't follow Jesus because I've proved that I can't. Jesus says, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these other disciples love me? Because it seemed that Peter was always first to speak up and say, I'll do this and I'll do that and I'll never deny you. These other people may, but I won't. Peter has now been humbled. He doesn't say, I, I, I love, of course I love you more than all these guys. He just says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. Let's go to 16. And he said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, tend my sheep. And he said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? 
Now Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? Do you know why Peter was grieved? Because finally Peter caught on to what Jesus was doing. Finally, Peter, when when Jesus asked him one question, Peter just answered it. When he asked him again, he was like, all right, well, that's a little weird. When he asked him a third time, he realizes, oh my gosh, because I denied you three times, you're now giving me the opportunity to tell you I love you three times. And I just picture Peter breaking down and crying again, just as he did the third time that he denied Jesus. And Peter said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Here's what I want you to see from that little part. That Jesus gave Peter three opportunities to affirm his love for Jesus. Just as Peter had denied Jesus three times, now Jesus was going to give Peter three opportunities to say, I love you. And the reason that he did this was not to cover any of Peter's sin, okay? Peter's sin was covered on the cross. Jesus had already been crucified. Peter's sin was all covered. This wasn't, to, this wasn't something about karma where you do three things bad. Just say three things good and it'll make everything disappear. That's not what Jesus was doing. He wasn't trying to equal things out spiritually, okay? What he was trying to do for Peter was equal things out mentally for Peter. Peter couldn't move forward because of what he thought about all of his denials. And Jesus is saying, let me help you out, Peter. Let me help you out just a tiny bit. You denied me three times. How about you tell me you love me three times? And he gives Peter the opportunity to do that. Here's the next thing that I want you to see is that Jesus gave Peter a way to prove his love. All right. Three times Jesus said, do you love me Peter, three times, Peter said yes. And three times, well, two times, Jesus says, feed my sheep. And one time, Jesus says, tend my sheep. All right, here's what Jesus is trying to say there. Jesus is trying to say, Peter, I have a new purpose for you. The first time I called you, I told you you'd be a fisher of men. Now, three times I'm telling you what you're to do now. You are to feed my sheep. You're to tend my sheep. You're to look after them. You're to give them what they need. You're to protect them. You're to guide them. You're to lead them. You're to shepherd my sheep. Why would Jesus do that? Because Jesus knows that his time on earth is very short. He's about to ascend into heaven. He's about to leave all of those followers, and those followers need somebody to tend them. And he's saying, Peter, I have a huge job for you. You've got to let go of what's in the past. You've now said you love me three times. Now let's move forward together. I'm about to leave. I need you to take some leadership here. If you just think about all of the people that Jesus had accumulated, all of the followers that he had accumulated over his three years. I mean, he fed 15,000 people. He actually did that two times, right? What about all the multitudes and the crowds that were following Jesus over these three years? It's like Jesus is saying, Peter, do you remember all of the people that I've healed? Do you remember all the people that were following us everywhere that we went? I'm about to leave and they're going to need a shepherd. And I want that shepherd to be you for now. 
All right, the other disciples would also help in that. I want to go to verse 18 now. Truly, truly, Jesus says to Peter, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and they will carry you to where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. The next thing that I want you to see is that Jesus pointed to Peter's future death to show him that he wouldn't deny him again. Do you remember the last time Jesus did this? Tonight you will deny me three times. Jesus told the future. Jesus is telling the future one more time here. And he says, Peter, don't worry about denying me again. You know why, Peter? Because you're going you're gonna to die for me. In about 30 years, you're going to be crucified just as I was crucified. And then we have the last part of verse 19. After saying all of this, Jesus said to Peter, follow me. There it is again. John wants us to see it. Jesus is saying it again. Jesus is calling Peter one more time. And just like Peter left everything and followed Jesus the first time, he's going to do the same this time. But this time, in context, Jesus is saying a little bit more than just be my disciple. He's also saying, follow me into my death. Follow me even till the very end. So do you see how Peter was helped by Jesus to move past his failures? Have you seen everything that Jesus did, the lengths that Jesus went to to make everything perfect, to call Peter again? Here's the next thing that I want you to see. All of our sin is paid for and forgiven. If we can take some things out of this, we have to remember this, that all of our sin is paid for and forgiven. Why does that matter? Because all of your failures in the past, and yes, you have them. Some of you may have really big ones. Some of you, not so many big ones, but maybe you have a whole bunch of little ones. But I guarantee each one of us has things in our past that we could hold on to, that wouldn't let us move forward with the Lord. But it's all been forgiven. I think what we have to do sometimes is forgive ourselves. So if you've placed your faith and you've repented towards God, you placed your faith in Jesus, you have been forgiven. And you don't have to worry about that, scene, that thing that you did so long ago that's stopping you from moving forward with the Lord. Here's the next thing that I want you to see is we can leave our past in the past and we can move forward. Isn't that what Jesus is trying to show Peter? Peter, don't worry about it anymore. Yes, you sinned against me. Yes, I paid for it. Move forward, Peter. I have some things for you to do for me. Here's the next thing that I want you to see. Following Jesus is also a call to love Jesus. In fact, you can't separate the two. Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And after that, he said, follow me. If you're going to follow Jesus, you have to love Jesus. And you can't love Jesus without following him. And you can't follow him without loving him. 
So my encouragement to us today is to follow and love Jesus. Let's leave our past behind where it belongs. We can't change it. We might have some consequences. That's not what I'm talking about. Just don't hold on to it so much that you think God is incapable of using you. Peter was used by God in extraordinary ways, and that's the next thing that I want you to see today, is Peter showed Jesus that he loved him. Remember, Jesus said, do you love me? Yes, I love you. Then tend my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. If you love me, do these things, and Peter did. Not only at the time when this was written, Peter had already been crucified. John wrote this, Peter was already gone already been crucified. So not only did he follow Jesus and prove his love to Jesus in dying for him, but he also proved it in another way. He wrote the book of 2 Peter. Do you know what the book of 2 Peter is written about? All of 2 Peter is warning the church of false teaching that will come in and distract the flock from Jesus. It will lead them astray like a flock of sheep. And Peter comes in like the awesome man of God that he is. And he writes 2 Peter 2, 1 through 3, and I want to read it for you now. But false prophets also arose among the people. And this is what his warning is. Just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who brought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction, and many will follow their sensuality. Many people will follow these false teachers, and Peter, the one who's tending the flock, the one who's feeding the sheep, the one who's guiding and leading and doing everything that Jesus wanted him to do, says, they're going to follow. And because of them, the way of the truth will be blasphemed, in verse 3. And in their greed, they will exploit you with their false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. Peter did it. He tended the sheep, didn't he? He led God's flock. And if you think about it, he's doing the same thing even today as we talk about his story. He still is encouraging us as the flock of God. We still go back and we preach on First and Second Peter, the books that Peter wrote. He's still doing it. So where are you today? I'm not sure. Maybe you've had some failure that you can't get past. Well, it's time to get past it, and pastors are going to be up here. If you need to get past something, you need somebody to pray with you about it, come forward. Maybe you just need to follow Jesus like Peter did for the very first time. Come and talk with a pastor up here during the invitation song. Maybe you're just looking for a church, or maybe you just need somebody to pray with you, because sometimes it is hard for us to move forward. Whatever it is, that you need to do, I pray that you would respond to God during this time that we have set aside to do that. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for being a God who forgives us of all of our sin, but a God who also helps us move past it. We are so flawed. I don't get up here as a sinless man but a man who has moved through it because of your grace. God, would you please help each and every one of us ordinary and flawed people to move past the failure in our lives and follow you and so that you could use us in whatever way you see fit. We thank you for this message. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.